Hello wonderful and amazing people of Dream Nation Love and this is Yulia. I'm your host of the podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful December and uh, hope you enjoy a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, may all your dreams come true and um, 2020 is going to be really really interesting for everyone I think. So I'm really excited to buckle in and uh, see what unfolds in the future and uh, what dreams come true. It's going to be really really exciting. Just keep manifesting. And um, speaking of manifesting, today on the show, I have Tia Myers, who's a Brooklyn-based social media strategist, and she's also the founder of Freelancing Females, and it's the world's largest community of freelancing women. And their mission is to support women in redefining their 9 to 5. The community offers resources, shares vetted jobs, and offers mentorships. It's really great. I'm a part of it. I'm a freelancer. I've been doing this for the last 12 years. That's the way I can bring Dream Nation to you. And, um, you know, Dream Nation love came out of my ability to be able to freelance because I have to take time off in order to do the show. So I work for about four months and then I take about a month or two off to um, create podcasts and develop events and do everything like that and run my own agency. So uh, I hope you enjoy the show. I think Tia is incredible and so is her community. You can find them on freelancingfemales.com and on social channels. Sit back and enjoy the show. Have a great day. Tia, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is like our second time meeting in real life. I know, (laughs) but it's going to be a great time. Yeah, I just admire all the work that you're doing. You've been doing freelancing females. We actually met when you were starting it up. Yes. And you've made like amazing progress on it. And I'm a freelancing female. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do a podcast about freelancing. Which makes so much sense. It does. So my first question that I always ask is... What was your dream as a kid? I grew up in a small town in Connecticut, and when I was growing up, I would take newspaper and magazine clippings and make my own editorial. So I wanted to be a magazine editor, which never happened. (laughs) And then when I went into college, I went for music education to become a music teacher. And I quickly switched over to PR. So my childhood dreams changed along the way. And I am on a very different path than I had been back then. But that's the beauty of freelance is there's a lot of jobs that we don't know about when we're growing up as kids and what you can possibly do. And with freelance, you can create your own jobs. And I feel like the market is so different now due to technology. When we were growing up, there was publishing. Right. And I was interested in magazines, and I started at a paper, which is the one magazine that is still around, and they're independent. Incredible. And uh, and then I went into advertising, but I would have never anticipated technology. Now, like... No. It's... It's a totally different ballgame. It's completely changed. And when I was growing up, my mom was a freelance paralegal, but I never really thought about freelancing until a few years ago because living in New York, you're on a high rent and you have a nice salary that is coming in when you actually expect it to. And But it, I would never go back. So what made you freelance what was the turning point yeah I was laid off with about 30% of my company that I was at it was a tech startup and I had been reached out to by a couple of people that we had also 
spoken with at the company and they were in need of social media, but I had not gone directly freelance after I was laid off. I actually went to an agency because I was very interested in hospitality. And while I was there, I didn't have the best experience. I'd say there was some harassment involved with some of my colleagues and I just didn't feel comfortable staying. So I really questioned why couldn't I just do this on my own and work in hospitality like I had wanted to and that's when I went freelance. It's interesting that you mentioned harassment because as a junior art director, well I ended up switching jobs for a year but that was my impetus because my creative director made a pass at me Yeah, and I couldn't go to HR because mm -hmm. I'm a junior and I couldn't say anything and I know that you know HR is there to help the company. Right. So I was like, okay, and I don't want to be the the whistleblower because everybody's kind of like kumbaya and everybody's also aware of the behavior and they support right. them. So I left. And it's hard at small companies to go up to HR because it's a little bit less of a line that's drawn with HR and what's shared in smaller companies. So I completely understand wanting to make the leave because of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did you make the leap to go freelance? What advice would you give other people to go freelance? Start before you're ready, but when you're ready. So one of the biggest things is a lot of people take time making their portfolio and everything until it's absolutely perfect and it's just never going to be. So start as soon as possible, but when you're ready. So that means do you have a small savings in place because you will be hustling in the beginning and looking for clients and at times clients may drop off. So really having that nest of money to fall back onto is really important. But getting everything ready, such as your portfolio, an email that will go out to previous clients, don't be afraid to tell everyone you're now freelance, um, and marketing yourself. So you are now your number one biggest fan and no one's going to know that you're available till you tell them. I think the biggest misnomer about freelancers is that people think that they have so much time because yeah. they're freelance. And every time you're off a gig, you're looking for your next gig. Right. So you're always working, you're always updating your work, you're creating emails. And you're wearing so many hats. So when you're a freelancer, you own a business now. You are your own financial advisor, your own contract creator, your own marketing department. You are doing every aspect of what it is to run a business. So I actually have a little bit less time than I did when I was at a full-time job, but it's very rewarding because it's something that you are truly passionate about doing and you can say no when you want to for the better yeses to clients. I wish I knew about the better yeses when I was younger because I think I said yes to a lot of things I shouldn't have because of the fear. The fear of, I'm not going to get the next project. Oh my gosh, my money is so low. But um, I think you really have to be careful about the projects that you choose because they send you on an avenue. Yes, and every single project that you say yes to really brings you along the path of where you're going. So if you're saying yes to hospitality clients when you really want to be marketing 
dog clients, then you should probably be saying no. But one thing that people miss is that they feel that they don't have the right projects to go into a new space, but create the project that you want to be hired for. So you don't have to have a new client, or if you really feel that you would like to, offer some help to someone in exchange for testimonials and recommendations. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's all about creating your projects, right? You have a vision of what you want to become, so just step into that. Exactly. Approach a local store, approach a local dog groomer, a friend has a company. The best way to get involved is help your friends. Right. Create a band poster if you want to go into creating art for bands. Yep, lots of startups are happening. Lots of women-led startups. That's another one, right? Find a woman-led startup and volunteer to give your time. And we know we all need a little bit of help on that side. (laughs) Yes. Do you have advice for how one should build a pipeline of work? Definitely. So a few things. Tell everyone. And then when you're building a pipeline of work, my biggest recommendation is to get on a retainer as much as possible because then you know that you have work coming up and maintaining that work that comes along. So you pretty much are building yourself a salary to have versus project-based, which is really wonderful because you know exactly what you're making. And then hourly can be helpful at times, but can also get you into a little bit of a rut. So make sure that you are planning the amount of hours that you're putting towards a project and setting some very large guidelines. I think guidelines are very important in the contract, right? As a freelancer, I go into advertising agencies, but I don't have control of the time that I leave. Exactly. So I think you have to be very careful with boundaries because sometimes I have a 16, 17 hour day and it's very hard to say no to a client because sometimes you'll get fired, because it's very easy to replace you. So at the end of the day, freelancers get repeat clients by doing a really good job. Yes. If you don't do a good job, you won't be hired again. So, but it's also where boundaries come in. Right, and setting those boundaries early on so that the client understands and knows where you're coming from versus at the end where then you both feel like you lost something. So. One of the biggest things that I put into my contract is my hours. I put when I'm available, if it's nine to six or nine to seven, I add in how long it may take me to get back to you because I do have other clients. I also explain what tools that I'll use because if you're managing a bunch of different types of clients, you don't want to be put on Asana, Trello, and every single different system that they have also, because then it's going to be really hard for you to manage the 20 different softwares for all of your clients. Definitely. Also, I have a question about, this is more of a question of um, approaching clients. A lot of people are so scared to approach clients. My work comes from emailing ad agencies and emailing creative directors and introducing myself. Yeah. And uh, what advice do you have for other people who are pursuing work? Definitely. So warm emails are a great way to approach potential clients. And I would say if you're sending a warm email, explain why you know the company, 
what interested you about the company and do you have a small story to share with them that's one of the biggest things when emailing a lot of people do very cold emails where it's hey i'm available for work and the company has no tie to you or anything to go off of um, another great way to find new clients i go around to all different areas of new york and i'm never afraid to say hello and I've found clients on a plane to LA. I've found clients in coffee shops and just listening to people's stories and asking them questions is some of the best ways that you can know who they are and if they could be a potential client or maybe in the future, they'll know somebody who may be. And Tia, we were just talking about um, building up pipelines of work and also approaching clients, right? Yes. So maybe we get back to this conversation of um, how do you approach clients? Writing emails, you said, was one, mm -hmm. right? Writing emails, emails, making new friends, going to different coffee shops, and just striking up conversations to hear people's stories with no intentions. And then the best thing is going to meetups of people who are alike and different from you. Some of the best things are just going to a coffee meetup, freelancing females host meetups all the time and our women just get to know each other and they're a photographer and a designer and some designer will know someone who needs a photographer and that's really one of the best ways to build out your networking community. Uh, is there a way people can find out about the events? Definitely, they can go to freelancingfemales.com, but there's also so many incredible events happening all around the world, and just checking out Eventbrite or Meetup or even Facebook groups is a great way to find events that you're really interested in and finding people who you can connect with on a different level. I think people are a little nervous to talk to each other in this technological day and age. And I think it's so wonderful that we have these meetups where people can come and be humans. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to put away their phones when we meet up, where it's like, save the Instagram, like really right. connect with a person. Have a conversation. Get away from taking pictures. I think it's very difficult because you're always online, on a screen, and you kind of forget that you can take a break and go to a coffee shop and meet someone new. I mean, even some days I get away from that where I'm like, I haven't met new people in a while. I want to go meet new people. And especially with freelance, you're a little bit more isolated. So you're working alone. Sometimes you don't realize how much into your work you've gotten yourself into. And then you're like, I have not gone on a walk outside all day. Um, so it's always good to have that community of people who are like-minded like you and can kind of understand where you're coming from and also help you get out of the house and connect. Well, I think also for people who freelance in agencies, I go into agencies and sometimes it's really intimidating because you feel like you're the new kid in school. Right. If you start in places where you don't know anyone, um, nobody kind of knows your work even though you're great and dependable and it's really hard to control projects sometimes as opposed to going into an agency where everybody knows you and they trust you and they know you've delivered yeah 
I think as a freelancer, it still kind of feels like the first day of school. You're the new kid on the block. Yeah, and it's it gets hard sometimes to control projects. And a lot of times as freelancers, when you're going into an agency or a company that you're there for the whole entire day and working from there, it's a bit different than working from home or from your coffee shop. And it's a whole new environment and there's still some office politics that you have to deal with when you're there. So what are your tips for when you go into a new agency? I think my tips are for clearly communicating everything that's done. And then beyond communication, everything else is out of your control. So I try to clear a clear channel and I try to see who the bosses are and who the project managers are and go up to them and kind of like raise a flag and go, hey, we need a new person. Hey, um, this project is falling apart. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure, I'm really good at juggling plates. Like I I can have like six different plates spinning. Yeah. And not everybody has that ability because sometimes designers are designers. They're not managers. Right. And there's a difference between having a creative director, which is a person like myself, because I can bring concepts to life, I can inspire teams to bring concepts to life, but I can also manage, which means managing personalities and managing the workflow and working and looking at budgets and timelines and going, we can't do this, we need this. I did a podcast with um, Claude Silver from VinerMedia from HR. Well, she's the chief heart officer there, they don't call it HR. And again, she says, you have to be proactive, you have to speak, but if nobody's there to help you and support you, you can't do anything. So I think a lot of companies can learn from that, where people come and speak to them, they have to respond and listen. And I think one thing about freelancers is there's a lot of education on the client side that is still needed around how you work with freelancers. So a lot of the times I'll get to a client or our freelancers will get to a client and they expect you to know everything the moment you step in the door. But there's still a lot of education that's needed and preparation when you get in the door to a new client or a new project because you don't know everything about this client. You need to host a discovery meeting and it's going to take you a little while to get up to speed. And that's one of the things that happen that make it a little bit more difficult navigating. Yeah, it's a little different when you have your own clients because then you're in control and you're in the driver's seat. And you can really control the flow of the work and you can deliver the best result because you're in control, because you know what you're doing. Yeah, you're in control as much as you can possibly be too. There's things that take you off track, but really just setting those boundaries and those clear communication guidelines is important. What would you say are the biggest hurdles for female freelancers? I would say there's many for freelancers in general, just that there's still a lot of education towards hiring freelancers, what freelancers can do, and what we provide is one, because freelance is still a very new area of work. One of the biggest hurdles is that women are paid less than men in freelance, even higher than being at a full-time job. I believe it's about 30% less. So really sticking to your rates and asking everyone what they charge. One of the biggest questions that we host on freelancing females is what to charge. And I think it's really incredible the amount of support that's given to them on 
what to charge and really sticking to those rates because the higher we all bring up our rates, the higher everyone gets to have their rates. And understanding how to really sell those rates too. So making sure that you don't let your guard down, that you stick to those rates and why you deserve those rates. Unfortunately, sometimes we have to explain and really being able to sell yourself and your services and why you're at those rates is very important. I have a, a lot of pushback too sometimes on my rates and uh, I have agencies saying, oh, it's a high rate, while another agency will gladly pay it because they know my services. Right. And uh, I always say I get the job done and also I'm paying for the overhead, which means I have to pay for my Adobe tools and that's a hundred bucks a month easily. Right. I have my laptop that I use and I go home and I use my other computer. There are all these rates, there's electricity, there's um, time, there's health insurance. Like I pay for my own health insurance. Right. And this was figured into the cost. But I also know that my cost is not as high as a lot of the other men that freelance. They don't have as much experience as I do. And there's really nothing I can do besides just talk about it. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's just really preparing yourself because there are a lot of hardships for women in general in the workforce, but we are prepared for it and i think just sticking to your gut is the biggest thing i i would agree there's also a wonderful database on your website that people yes. can join that i want to give a plug to so we have a freelance rate sheet where we have five thousand rates that we have allowed people to enter into a survey which goes automatically to a database and you can go search for your area type of work and projects, which is wonderful. And it also filters out by the amount of years of experience you have and what types of jobs that you're working on. And you also have a brand new website coming that I wanna plug as well. We do, I'm very excited. In October, Freelancing Females will be launching our website, which will have a directory of freelancers, a membership, and a job site. And there will be a few more features offered. I think you mentioned them when we were speaking earlier. Yes, so we are going to have some curated resources. We're going to be allowing access to mentors and myself for 101s and open office hours. We have some really exciting things happening and we're also working with some partners to offer discounts and different trials. That's awesome. I can't wait. I'm going to sign up. I think I'm already signed up, but I'll sign up for that. Well, we will get you signed up. So you manage Freelancing Females, which is over 18,000 members right now in the we Facebook group? We are at 32,000. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So you have a Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. And you have an Instagram page. Instagram, definitely. And everything is Freelancing Females? Everything's Freelancing Females. The Facebook group is group slash Freelancing Fems, F-E-M-S, if you'd like to find us. So what is your advice for building a community? Managing a Facebook page takes a lot of time and growing it takes a lot of time. Yes. So I guess it's like a two-part question. A, how do you grow a community? and B, how do you manage it? Yeah, so there's different types of communities that you can grow. 
And you can grow small communities around yourself and your business, which I highly recommend. So that's things like finding a collective of others who are in all different fields, where you guys can all recommend each other to other jobs that each of you are working on or have a support community that you can fall back on when you have a question or have a client that may be a little bit difficult and you really need that support. So that's one of the biggest communities that I highly recommend. But if you would like to build out a large community around a niche, I'd say find something that you are truly, truly passionate about talking about. And community takes a lot of time, a lot of love, and a lot of curation. So Freelancing Females, our Facebook group, it started as a few friends two years ago. And I started it because I was going through a non-payment issue with a client. And it stemmed from there because there was nowhere to truly go to ask hard questions and have that support. So it started as a group of friends and in the first month it quickly grew to 500 people and I realized I needed a lot of organization to be able to manage that. So one of the biggest things is really setting those boundaries of what you want the community to be and also making sure those discussions are flowing. So in the beginning we hosted different types of discussions for people on all different topics of freelance and then people started hosting their own discussions within the community but it takes a lot of time to get people comfortable with speaking on those topics and now two years later we have people who are comfortable coming in and sharing about their rate or what they charged or hardship they're having with a client or their wins but in the beginning it took a little bit more of finessing just like a friendship does where you're starting off and you don't really know each other and it might be a little bit awkward and then as the years go by you really truly make that trust and connection with your that other person and your community i think non-payment issues are a big thing for a lot of small um small business owners and especially freelancers um, for me, I haven't figured out a way to handle them. I've had companies that have had an invoice overdue for 60 days. Yes. And for me, it's just been pursuing them and pursuing them. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I've been very lucky enough that everybody's paid. Yes. But um, how do you handle clients that have not paid? Yeah, so I thankfully got paid by the client that made me start freelancing females. And I will thank them for that because they started this movement. But one of the biggest things is you have to be the biz like the biggest nuisance you possibly can be, unfortunately. And if you are in a situation where you haven't gotten paid, New York City does have the Freelances and Free Act, which is wonderful, but other areas may not. So you need to look into what those laws are. You can send them to small claims court which takes time. You can go to a collections agency, which takes time, but really the best way that I've gotten paid after having to deal with that situation is showing up to their office, <laughs> unfortunately, and asking for your check because it's awkward for them too. And I was actually given a fraudulent check once because I did that. Um, but then, you know, that's illegal. So that kind of got them there. But 
it's really reminding them and sometimes the client is overdue because of just completely forgetting so i'd say give them at least you know a warning beforehand before you write up that angry letter um but there still aren't great things in place for getting paid if you haven't already but there are things that you can do to ensure that you get paid in the beginning so what i do is i always take at least 50 percent up front no matter what because that helps me to understand that they have the money in the bank and they're willing to give it to you and then if you're working on a project don't deliver it until the second 50 percent is paid so put watercolor all over it whatever you need but you can show it to the client but don't hand it over just yet until that invoice is paid if you are working with a client at an agency say a lot of people have very weird um, payment terms make sure that you're getting paid no matter what versus when somebody else is paid because some contracts do have that small fine line in there that if they weren't paid you don't get paid and you want to ensure you're not doing work for free um, and then also if you're at an agency make sure that your payment terms are between 7 and 14 days versus 45 which some places are and I will not sign a contract unless my payment terms are very short to ensure that you understand that you're getting paid before you've done a month of work. I've also realized that I'm not going to be taking on small clients ever right. again. That was probably the biggest mistake for a while. The things that I create as an art director don't come out of thin air. I have exactly. to buy images, I have to buy type, I have to buy templates to skin onto. Mm -hmm. Like if it's a bottle, if it's whatever it is, like people just think that I manifest these things as a creative <laughs> exactly but there's a lot of cost that comes with creating and always adding those into your fees is good too so always be thinking about like we said earlier what your cost of insurance is what the cost of all of your applications are etc because you're not just getting paid your hourly rate you're getting paid for everything and my final question yes. is, what is your dream as an adult? Oh gosh, I have a lot. Um, I really, my short term dream is just getting Freelancing Females launched and it being success. But in the future, of course, I'm getting those adult dreams where I'm like, it would be really nice to have a yard. And, um, just working towards allowing myself more time where I am able to make some passive income so I'm not spending all of my hours and my days and clients and I can truly enjoy the life that I'm living. Yeah, I think that's another misnomer. People think that you're enjoying your life as a freelancer <laughs> and there might be like a day or two. But yeah. I, I like personally, I tend to enjoy my days in like sections. Like I'm like, ooh, a coffee in between yeah. an email, so I'll have a sip. But like my time for enjoyment is working out. I'll put half an hour or an hour, mm -hmm. and I'm like, that is my zen time. Yeah, and setting those boundaries is good too, because as a freelancer, you can wake up in the morning and work all the way till you go to bed. But really, setting the time where you're working and that's it is important to your health and your mental health because. 
I will skip the gym because I'm like, I have so much work to do and then I just feel absolutely awful because I haven't gotten any exercise, I haven't left the house because I don't have a commute and then I'm And you're not drinking water. Right, exactly. So you are definitely working more than you had been when you weren't freelance, but I think the beauty of it is you do have a flexible schedule and you can allow yourself to go to the gym at one o'clock in the afternoon if that's the time that you have between clients and really making the most of those small times. I'm not saying every day just go off and do whatever you want, but you know, it's it doesn't hurt to go see a movie on your own on a Tuesday if it's going to really relax you and you'll do better work the next day. I think we're so focused on performance and being busy all the time that we forget that we're just like humans. Yeah, and you have to allow yourself that time. Because it makes you creative too. And I noticed that a few other agencies too, I was at a bunch of agencies that kept on working me from nine to five and at five o'clock they would give me revisions that that would take me until 11 that would have to be turned around by 9 a.m. And after two months of that straight and like weekend work, I was fried. So I came to them and I was like, I just need some time because like I'm not formulating sentences anymore and I have like stretch marks. (laughs) And I think the biggest thing you have to realize is the effects of freelancing and the effects of work and the effects of sitting and stress, what you see on your body Mm -hmm. and what you don't see on your body. Right. You have to fully understand yourself and when it's time to stop and allow yourself that time to rest and you just, you can't go 24-7 like everybody thinks you can and it's okay. It's truly okay. Your business is going to be there the next day. Nothing's going to happen. You know, when if you have all of your pressing work done, give yourself a chance to enjoy it. I think that's wonderful advice. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for meeting us. Yeah, I had a lovely time. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation Podcast. It's Dream Nation Love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more. And together we can save the world. So it's Dream Nation Love, share it with your friends, have a great day, and go out and make the world a better place.